This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, here we are. Another season of HFC Chat is upon us this is season five i really didn't think we'd get to this point with the podcast and it's meant to be doing it with you my best pal davo and this all started for me at the beginning of uni i know i've told this story a few times when i obviously mentioned the idea to mark carroll who is a very good friend of the podcast and i'm sure will be listening um, and, and he said it was a fantastic idea and it's just continued to grow i mean having been on board with talk sport and all that type of stuff, you know the rest. Last season was a massive breakthrough for us all. But let's just start with a bit of general chat. My very good friend, how is the break and how has the break been treating you from polls? Yeah, very good. Very good. Obviously, got to that point, didn't it, towards the back end of last season where we just wanted it to all wrap up and be over and done with so yeah it's been nice to switch off enjoy some of the nice weather that we've had and and yeah it's it's just been really nice yourself yeah mate as you say it wasn't a great season was it it felt long and arduous at points and I think towards the end of the season we had that hope and the likes of Grimsby away and things and we thought you know what we're actually going to do this and then it just all fizzled out and as you well know from the various conversations perhaps some confrontations in the uh, post group chat I've honestly struggled a lot with where we are as a football club how far we've fallen you've heard it all before the people who are listening so I don't need to go into it but yeah I think I was really especially before and I know we'll talk about all these things and we'll talk about the fixtures in a moment, but I was feeling very dejected and there was a lack of excitement, a severe lack of any excitement for this season upcoming up until about last Monday when obviously we've made those three signings, which we will touch on. Look, I'm not going to say that um, I'm all of a sudden bouncing off the rooftop about next season, but I'm starting to get ready again for it. I'm starting to you know, that hope that every football fan has as each season approaches us is starting to slowly seep seep into us and um I don't know whether that's the right phrase, but we'll uh, we'll go with it. And uh, yeah, I think it's um it's that time again for the football to come back, isn't it? And on that note, 
let's dive straight into the episode. We are going to have a very in-depth look at, you know, we've got the fixtures, the new shirt, we've got Rob Law with view from the press box, we've got the signings that have come in, obviously there's been five that have come in, we'll touch on the three um, that we brought in last week and then obviously the two that we brought in a little while ago. We'll talk about the goalkeeper situation, the club captain situation, a bit about Nicky Featherstone. We've got a great friend of the podcast, Robbie Stelling, who's coming on as well. And then we're going to have a quick discussion about where we think we are at this point, the transfer window, before wrapping everything up. So without further ado, Davo, perhaps you can just read us the article that was released by Pools when the fixtures were released this last Wednesday at 1pm as we prepare for return to the Vanarama National League. Yeah, that's not a problem. So the 23-24 National League fixtures have been released and it's a trip to Barnet up first for John Askey's side. Pools will head south to the Hive on August 5th to face the Bees. Barnet finished fifth last season, losing to Boreham Wood in the playoff eliminator, led by manager Dean Brennan. The Beans the bees rather would be gearing up for another tilt at promotion this term. Pearl's first home fixtures come a week later as Northeast neighbours Gateshead come to town. August is then rounded out with games against Maidenhead at home, Southend away, AFC Fylde at home, and Chesterfield away on the bank holiday. Old Athletic will be the opponents on Boxing Day and New Year's Day, with Pearl's hosting the Lassics on December 26th and heading to Boundary Park on January 1st. Pearls are also at home on Good Friday with Halifax Town the visitors, while Askey side will travel to Rochdale on Easter Monday. Our other local fixtures are York City away on November 18th and at home on January 27th, while a reverse fixture with Gateshead is on March 9th. The final game of the season will be away to Dork and Wanderers in their first season in the National League. The game is preceded by two home games, Aldershot on April 6th and Dagenham on April 13th. And if I had to pick any fixtures that I am eagerly looking forward to, I think one would have to be Chesterfield away. I think Fylde away, new ground. And I have to say York away, again, another new ground for myself, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I have very, very, very fond memories. First year of uni going to Chesterfield with you and the lads and we won 5-2. We were absolutely unbelievable that night and I'm pretty sure that was actually... Well, it will have been Dave Challoner's first game, I think. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, that second year of uni, sorry, not first. So, yeah, Chesterfield away will be a very tough game. Obviously, they've recruited well so far with the likes of Will Grigg coming in. I'd say, personal opinion, they'll be promotion, up there with the promotion favourites, in my opinion. I think they actually are um, on the odds, on odds-wise. So, yeah. Look, I think I think that'll be a challenge, but a game that I would look forward to. If I'm being dead serious, the fixtures that I think will stand out for a lot of Pools fans and, and certainly for myself is both York away and York at home. I think, I know you put um, a tweet in the group earlier about who do you think, I think Vanarama National League had tweeted about who do you think will be the dark horses this season. I think York City. Well, they've. Um, I think there'll be an interesting team to face, and it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they fare this season. So, yeah, definitely in terms of locality, and in terms of 
you know, the toughness of the fixture, I'd, I'd probably say York. But of course, with moving to Manchester area, I would be, of course, looking forward to the likes of Altrinham, new ground for me. That's not in terms of, you know, any teams that are big, but just in terms of the ease of getting to an away game and the ease of actually getting to a game. It'll be the clubs around like Rochdale. I enjoyed that. I have fond memories of Boxing Day last year. And, you know, there's other teams such as Oldham, which I don't have as many fond memories. Our return to the FL, I believe we drew nil-nil there. But those games in and around the Manchester area are brilliant in terms of myself personally. But if you had to put me on the spot and ask me, where are you looking forward to most? It'd definitely be York away, just based on the fact new ground and the locality probably take a good number of fans. And that being said, 52% of you would agree with us With out of the 118 who voted for York. Fixtures being the ones that you're looking forward to most. Second was Gateshead, of course. That is always going to be a, a tasty fixture. Hopefully, you know, both sides bring respectively good followings. I know we will will remain to be seen whether they do. And then Chesterfield was 15%. There was a suggestion for Dorking away. There was a couple of suggestions for Dorking away. Now, whether Dougie's just trying to be funny with his reply, but it's absolutely class um, how he's pulled that out of the draw. If you do have Twitter, do check out the tweet and look in the replies. Dougie has put a fantastic video in. And we won't spoil it for you. So we'll leave that one there. But that ties up this section of the podcast. And we will now go on to the view from the press box with our very good friend, Mr. Rob Law. Firstly, Rob, how has the off-season treated you? It's been, it's, it's been nice. Uh, actually, being able to spend some time with family, which is a, <laughs> which is a change. And yeah, I think it was nice for probably all of, all of about what, a couple of weeks. And then you sort of scratching around thinking, you know, getting the itch of like, okay, when the fixtures out, when, when are the signings start flowing and sort of getting back into it again. But now we have the fixtures, uh, we can kind of look ahead a bit more. But yeah, it's been nice to have a little bit of a break after what was, uh, just a manic season, uh, with plenty of twists and turns. Yeah, I think we can both echo those sentiments and we will touch on the fixtures a little bit later on. But into the nitty gritty, if I was to ask you ahead of the signings we made on Monday, what would you have been saying as to our realistic hopes for the season upcoming and have they changed with the three players that we brought in? Yeah, I think the, the signings on Monday definitely changed everyone's outlook on the, the upcoming season. Um, before then, I think there was a real sense of worry and, and fear and just trepidation about what was to come because everyone was looking around and seeing other cl- clubs signing players and and whatnot and, and pools up to that point had only had uh, Joel Dixon and, and uh, Burton come in so I think beforehand uh, I would have been very worried about the season ahead but after Monday I think the uh, there's a lot more optimism and looks like on paper and I'll say that because we were probably saying similar things uh, <laughs> in the past to <laughs> players who'd come in and what they might do or what they might not do um, but on paper they look like three solid signings understand have sort of bedded in quite well to the rest of the group um, so yeah I think the the outlook is a lot more optimistic than it was on Monday I would have been 
quite fearful heading into the season um, with with that squad as it was before Monday, for sure. So talk to us about the new signs then. Who are you most impressed with and why? Um, I mean, Pete Jamieson, I think, is a really shrewd signing. Um, I was speaking, funny enough, to Mickey Barron about him and he knows somebody who used to coach him. And the sort of common consensus with Pete Jamieson was surprised he hasn't been picked up by an EFL club. Um, but pools have managed to, to get the deal done. And granted, it felt like, it felt like it took forever. Um, and it was one that sort of everybody had an idea of. Then Joel Dixon came in, didn't he? And everyone thought, oh, well, that must mean Pete Jamieson's going elsewhere. Um, and now the goalkeeping department, I think, is probably the strongest it's been for a very, very long time at the club. Um, so I'd I nail him down and say Pete Jamieson, I think, will will be a really solid signing for Pools, um, especially in the National League. Worked with John Askey before, knows what it takes to get out of the National League, will sort of bring that experience and that leadership. Um, Kieran Wallace, I think, was a, the left field signing that not many people saw coming. He's... Obviously, he dropped down from from Mansfield um, and he's had, uh, I think he had an ACL injury not too long ago. So maybe a chance for him to get a run of games and, and whatnot and, and show his quality at a level that he should be, again, on paper, should be quite comfortable at. But I think the, the standout one, um, everyone loves it when club signs a striker, don't they? And, and Manny Desirouwe, I think he's a striker who... I remember commentating on quite a bit um, when his teams would play against Hartlepool and he always seemed like a handful. He al- always seemed like that one striker that when he was on the on the team sheet, you thought, ah, oh, yeah, that's going to give the defence a bit of a tough afternoon. Going to have to be careful and watch him. And now Pools have, have got him on their side. So I think three really solid signings. Um, I know people will point to Dizarouwe's, uh goal scoring record and say, you know, well, he hasn't exactly set anywhere alight, but I think a lot of the things that he does do sometimes goes un- underappreciated. You know, he will be that link up man. He will be that, that presence. He's six foot five. He is fairly comfortable at national league level. And I just think that his, the part that he plays in the wider picture will be one uh, that will be key to the way that John Askey wants to play. And as well, I mean, he's just a poacher. So if you've got crosses coming in from David Ferguson and and Dan Dodds and whoever else, uh, you know, Callum Cook, perhaps if he's still around playing just behind him, I think the supply will be there for him that maybe it wasn't when he was at Halifax. So, yeah, I, I know I've gone through all of them there, lads, but I think, uh, I think um, Pete Jamieson and... Manny Desiree were the two standout ones for me. Kieran Wallace, I think, is a bit more of an unknown quantity given his injury and whatnot, but all on paper look quality signings. Absolutely, Rob, absolutely. And I think it's fair to say if we can keep all of Yamera, it could make out to be a dangerous, dangerous partnership mm-hmm. up top. But moving on, we have just been talking about the fixtures prior to you coming on. And although we didn't really didn't want to be back in this league, are there any fixtures that stand out to you? And that you're looking forward to, personally? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because nobody wants to be back in the National League for, for a start. So when you look at fixtures that stand out and you maybe look at 
what could have been in League Two and what isn't. And it's kind of, I know many fans will probably be thinking it's hard to really get excited about any of them, but um, I think there's a few in there that, that will sort of whet the appetite, you know, I think a trip to York City for all many reasons. John Askey back against his former club. It's a nice tidy ground. It's uh, quite a modern ground. So I think fans, it's it's a short distance as well. So I think fans will really get behind that. That's one I'm certainly looking forward to. Um, the Gateshead as well. Just basically all the ones, lads, that aren't at the backside of the country. <laughs> the ones that to be completely honest. Because uh, I saw... a a thing the other day saying about how Hartlepool United will be travelling 4,752 miles this season, which is uh, the highest amount of miles barring Gateshead. So, I mean, you know, you talk about the re- reality of being back in the National League and it's there for all to see. But, yeah, I do think there's some good ones in there. I mentioned York City, Gateshead as well, perhaps. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see what York City's like. Mm. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons because by all accounts it's just out the back of a field and there's like you know a bar attached to it or whatever so I, that will be interesting um, but yeah there's a I'll be completely honest with you lads there's a whole host I'm not looking forward to like Wealdstone away two days before Christmas uh, and whatnot. so yeah it's um, it's going to be an interesting season isn't it and I'm sure there'll be plenty of ups and downs but Hopefully, Pools can get a good start, uh, albeit it's a tricky start to the season with Barnett away. Um, hopefully, it's one that, as it goes on, we can get more and more excited about. I think it's one of those seasons as well, Rob. You know, whenever you're in the National League, you, if we turn out to get and we get promoted, we have a fantastic season. It's kind of like, well, I'm not bothered who we played. We beat them and we're up and, you know, we, yeah. we don't have to deal with that. But if... Things aren't going our way. It's going to be more of a case of, oh, have we really got to go to Wilston? You know, the likes of those teams and have we really got to travel to Dorking on the last game of the season? <laughs> you know, no disrespect, but I think everyone who's listening will understand the, the point of view that we're looking at it from. But we'll move on to the last couple of questions we've got for you then. And we've put a couple of polls out this week and a couple of tweets out which you may have seen about firstly the number one shirt you've touched on Jameson signing we've obviously had Dixon come in as well from Bolton who's had prior experience of getting out the National League with Barrow first question in this two-part question is who would you like to see in the number one shirt and then the second one is about the club captain situation obviously Nicky Featherstone is as we speak, a free agent. He hasn't signed a new deal at Pools. It's looking more and more unlikely as time goes on. I think most of us are, you know, kind of coming to the realisation that, that perhaps we've seen the last of Nicky Featherston. And, and whilst mm. we're on that topic, perhaps we should just say what fantastic servant he's been to the club over such a long period. It's very rare that you see a player stay at a club for such a long time. But, yeah. you know... Fergie deputised a few times last season, so I guess he's kind of a candidate. But the second question is, who would you like to see as club captain and why? I'd absolutely echo everything you just said about Nicky Featherston. I know he's very much a, a Marmite character and some people love him uh, and some people love to hate him. But for me, for somebody who's been at the club as long as he has, um, has been continuously backed by 
the plethora of managers that this football club has had. Um, you know, I, I think he will be a loss, uh, just to say that. I think that, it, you know, Hartlepool United as a club, not just on the match day, you know, and the, the team that starts, but I just think as a club is, is better with Nicky Featherston at the club. Um, so I'll just say that, but going on to your question, um, in goal, I think this is the real time. It's uh, or the real first time in a long time. It's been a true 50-50 over who gets the number one spot yeah. in, in goal. And I suspect that, that John Askey will start with Pete Jamieson. But I think he'll give them both a fair fair shout. The only reason I, I suspect he'll start with Jamieson, I could be totally wrong. This is just a gut feeling. It's not based on any, uh, you know, any inside knowledge or anything. But I, I think... The only reason he would start with Jameson is just the level of experience that that man has. Um, having worked with John Askey before, having been in the National League before, he knows what it takes. He is a very good communicator. He organises his box very well. I'm not saying Joel Dixon doesn't do those things, but I just think for what is, and you touched upon it there, about getting really important that they start well and sort of try and galvanise support. And I suspect... If I agree with what you said, you know, if if results go well, then support will grow mm. throughout the season. I think knowing that that John Askey will start with his most experienced players in his in in the best positions, so I, I suspect he'll start with Jameson. But um, I do think Joel Dixon will will push Jameson every step of the way. And Dixon's got a little bit of rebuilding of confidence to do. It didn't quite work out for him at Bolton. The fans there kind of jumped on his back a little bit and uh, didn't have the nicest of things to say about him when he left. So I just wonder if he'll try and give Joel Dixon as much time to rebuild his confidence and start with Jameson. As for the captain, I think, I know people will look at it and throw names into the hat and Maybe say, or oh, I don't know, uh, Callum Cook if he's still here because he's, you know, he's a talker. He's he's somebody who's not afraid to say what he thinks. Um, they might sh- throw other names into the into the ring for it as well. But I think you've got to go with David Ferguson purely because um, he was deputising behind Nicky Featherston. Uh, he is he's just epitomises for me everything that Hartlepool United as a club and as a, t- a team should be. He cares about it. He he knows what it means to the fans. He's he's really connected to the club. He's really well thought of inside the club by the players, by the staff, by the manager, by the owner. So I, I just think that it, it will be David Ferguson um, for, for a lot of those reasons. And of course, you know, people might go, oh, yeah, well, you're only saying that because he's been there the longest but that does equate to something as well, understanding what this club means and how the fans feel and, and all of those things that go along with it. But he's on his day, I mean, he'll be, for my money, and this may come back to haunt me, but I'm prepared to say, you know, the, he'll be the best left-back in the National League next season for me. Wow. Um, I, I just, I can't see anybody else that, that would, that would beat him to that. And I think, and we all saw those pictures of David Ferguson on the day when relegation was confirmed and the man had tears in his eyes. He was absolutely gutted. I remember speaking to him briefly afterwards and he was, he could barely speak. He was absolutely distraught about how the club had fallen and whatnot. So 
he will be as determined as anybody else who pulls on that blue and white shirt next season to make sure that it starts well and that it ends well and it ends hopefully, as we all hope, with promotion. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go David Ferguson for your captain. I'd go Pete Jamieson as the, the one to start between the sticks um, come the trip to Barnet on the 6th of August. Well, Rob, as ever, you've eloquently put across your points. I'm sure you've had every single person listening hooked with the way you've been talking and giving us your expert insight. We will finish, actually, on this lighter note. We You touched on it there about the blue and white stripes. What are you thinking of the new home kit? <laughs> you know what? I, at first, I was like, I'm not sure about that. But the more I see it, the more it grows on me. Yeah. Um, and let's be completely honest. We've had way worse strips in the past. Mm. Um, so I think it's one that is a is a grower. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, I quite like it now. Uh, now I've seen it a few times. I'm really interested to see what the, uh, what the away strip will be. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, forward to seeing what that'll be, but yeah, it, it's grown on me, lads. I'll be honest. What are your thoughts? Well, I think I'm the, well, we're both the same. We're having this conversation before we start recording of the fact that when it came out, I, I personally was, well, I think we both were, weren't we, Dabo? A little bit like, we're not, we don't not like it and we don't love it, but yeah. it's growing on me week by week. So, um, I'm sure that in due course, um, <laughs> it will be purchased, but I'm not being funny as well. If pools are lifting the trophy or at Wembley wearing that, I think it's going to be one of the best, um, pool shirts. I've seen a tweet like that. Everyone will be like, oh, well, we absolutely love it. So yeah, I think it's one of those, but. Rob, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. The first episode of Season 5 of HSC Chat. That wraps up a view from the press box with BBC's finest, Rob Law. Rob, thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, lads. Have a good season and look forward to, to listening in to, uh, to what you've got to say this season. So we touched on it slightly at the end of View from the Press Box with Rob, but the new home shirt was, of course, released on the 30th of June and Pose fans could go down last Saturday. And it seemed to be very popular with record sales, I believe, of the new home shirt. So I'm just going to read the article on the club website, as I've just alluded to there. It was on sale at 10am on the Saturday um, with it being online and in store. But the most important part is the details of the kit. So with the traditional blue and white stripes and red accents, this is certainly kit a kit made for all as we prepare for a new campaign together united. A huge shout out to all our junior pullies for their involvement in the season's kit launch. A blue and white kit representing your club and your town then, now and forever. So the kit is available in all sizes from newborn 7XL and prices are the same as the season prior. So it reads that we'd firstly like to thank the Front of Shirt sponsor, which is a prestige group for continuous support and proud to present their logo on the new season's threads. Evolution XR is once again committed to sponsoring the back of shirts and they've worked hard behind the scenes to launch their own kit well ahead of last season's date. And with no pre-order period, fans can get their hands on the kit 
straight away. The club is also going to implement a phased launch of other items with an away kit to be launched in the coming weeks, which I probably would expect maybe even next week at the time of recording with the fact that we're about a month away, less than a month away. Unless it is exactly a month until the new season starts, because today, of course, is the 8th of July. So, yeah, it will be a month today that we face Barnet. Um, but there's going to be training and travel kit to follow as well in the upcoming months. And that's going to enable the club to be continually stocked with fresh items throughout the season with something to suit everyone. Well, Dabo, I know you, of course, went down, the big Pulse fan that you are, <laughs> to get your shirt last Saturday. Let's just start with what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I wouldn't be brutally honest, and I think I'm going to say what many of us have said yourself. Um, I wasn't sure when I first saw it. I think last season's home shirt was, well, I think it was a thing of beauty. I thought it was really nice. Um, and I really wasn't sure if we'd kind of met the expectations of last season. But I am going to say the more I look at it and the more I see it, it is starting to grow me. I, I am starting to think it is pretty smart. Um, I know you've said similar things, which obviously you'll go into, but. I will say credit where credit's due. I know obviously the club have faced a lot of they faced a lot of hostility in the recent months, and rightly so. But in terms of the club shop, I think they've absolutely smashed it. The stock is well, it's it's, it's tremendous. It's everywhere. You know, well prepared for the kit release, and and yeah, I thought I'd add. I thought I'd add that. Yeah, well, it must have been it must have been of a high enough standard for you to part with that significant amount of cash. Well, you normally just... don't get your wallet open for 43 <laughs> pence, never mind 43 quid. Um, but yeah, obviously I, I said when Rob asked asked the thoughts on it when we spoke to him a little bit earlier in the episode. And look, it's grown on me, it has a lot, and there will be a point I expect when I go and purchase it myself. Um, but we'll we'll wait for now. And I can wow. see you looking to make to make a smug comment here. And I know that when my dad's listening to this, he will probably make a couple of comments also. But yeah, credit to everyone at Pools Retail and, and behind the scenes. I know there's a lot of work that's gone into it all and it's fantastic to see that, um, you know, them being rewarded for that. You know, they've made a, a great effort to get that amount of stock in, make sure everyone's needs are met. So yeah, credit where credit's due to everyone involved at the club with the launch and, you know, getting it out to to fans because it, that has been quite a, an issue in the past, hasn't it, with not having things in on time and not having the kit ready when it's been launched. But as I've said, repeat myself about three or four times, credit where credit's due. Moving on now to the signings that we've made this summer. So, of course, this has been, again, a point of a lot of uh, heated discussion in our group chat. And the you know, has been more movement in the last week, which has been extremely positive. But let's just take it right back. And we'll start with the first signing that came in on the 4th of June, which, of course, is Kieran Burton. So the first signing of the summer has arrived as Kieran Burton joins Hartlepool United. The highly rated defender joins after recently leaving Scarborough Athletic. 
After two years with Barnsley's development squad, Burton joined Tagcaster Albion in 2021. His reputation with the Brewers grew due to his ability to play at centre-back and left-back thanks to his height and pace. He left Tagcaster in 2022, joining Scarborough in the National League North. Impressive season with the Sea Dogs saw him touted for a higher level and he now joins up with John Askey's side ahead of the 23-24 season. Burton added, after speaking to the manager, I knew this was the right move for me. I'm grateful for the opportunity, but also excited to get going. I know this is a great club with great fans, and the new season can't come quick enough. And Askey also added, delighted to bring Kieran in. He's a good young prospect with an experienced head. He's highly thought of and someone we've watched for a while. He brings versatility to the squad as well. Now, Davo, before you talk us through our second summer signing, which, of course, is Joel Dixon, what were your thoughts when this transfer was announced? Um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because, being brutally honest, I still don't know a lot about this guy. I just know that he was highly raved. Obviously, I'd heard the name touted about on forums, online type thing. But generally, you know, it's one of those signings where you're essentially putting your trust into John Askey and... I firmly believe he wouldn't just sign this kid if he didn't believe he was good enough to be here. So, yeah, but, you know, fingers crossed he has a good pre-season campaign. We get to see a little bit of what he's about. And, yeah, hopefully he can fight for a permanent place in John Askey starting 11 come August 5th. Yeah, I don't really have an awful lot to add. Don't know anything about him, but as you say, just got to trust Askey with that, that one. So... Let's go on to the second summer signing. Davo, if you just want to talk us through the signing of Joel Dixon, who, of course, has had, and I'm sure you will allude to, previous experience at Barrow in the National League. So take it away. Joel joins on a permanent deal, leaving League One side Bolton Wanderers. The 29-year-old comes with a vast amount of experience and will undoubtedly form a key part of John Askey's squad for next season. Born in Middlesbrough, Dixon began his career with Sunderland and actually had a short loan spell with Pools in 2015, working alongside goalkeeper then Scott Flinders. He played every single game for Barrow in a title-winning National League campaign in 2019-2020 and then made 47 appearances for the club in League Two the following year, which earned him his move to League One side Bolton Wanderers. The six foot four shot stopper has most recently made 24 appearances for Bolton in League One, including a clean sheet and a penalty save in his debut against, at the time, Championship side Barnsley in the Carabao Cup. Joel added, I am delighted to join Hartlepool. I know how much of a great club this is from my previous spell. And after speaking to the gaffer, I know we're going to be going in the right direction. I can't wait to get started. The gaffer commented saying, I'm very pleased to get Joel over the line. A previous National League winner with plenty of experience in both the leagues two and one. He knows the area and fits in well with what we are looking for. Dixon's move is subject to a medical, which I can only assume has been done, and he's passed it. Well, yeah, I think we would have heard about it if not. Um, Anyhow, I'm really quite impressed with this, actually. I know he's been struggling for confidence. I know Bolton fans, some of them left scathing reports and was quite negative, as as Rob has said in the section that we recorded with him earlier. But for me, he's got the experience from the National League, getting up with Barrow. 
he's come from Bolton, who are obviously a League One club. And I think we really need a strong goalkeeping unit which challenges each other. I don't think we've had that in a, a long time. I really don't. But I think, obviously, we've got Jameson, which we'll talk about shortly. But that first signing of Dixon was a real positive step for me. And I, I'm quietly impressed with that. And I think he will really thrive at the club. Obviously, he's from the area as well. So, for me, it's just a perfect fit, you know, in terms of, of getting a goalkeeper in, a new goalkeeper in. So, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him play for Pools. And I know that he'll always be, he'll already be a, um, popular with the Pools fans after his um, mistake that he made when we played them in the EFL Trophy, I think it was. Um, when I'm pretty sure he gave the ball to Matty Daly, who slotted it past him on that infamous run that we had, which was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, look, I really think this will turn out to be a good signing. Do you have anything to add on that? No, I completely agree. Obviously, going into the, the transfer window, we knew, John Askey knew that the goalkeeping department needed serious attention. Obviously, we've had, probably for the first time in a long, long time, just what been awful, just shocking quality in that area. Um, obviously, we saw Ben Killip get a move to Barnsley. I mean, I'd love to know who his agent is, but <laughs> yeah, we, we, we knew we needed quality and we've got Joel and I think, say, I think that's a brilliant step in the right direction to to rejuvenate in our goalkeeping department. Oh, for sure. Now, let's move on to the three signings that we announced last Monday. Now, as I've already alluded to, I was feeling extremely negative about the lack of activity that we'd seen at the club, the lack of players we got in. Now, for me, though, it's always important that the players that we bring in are of high quality. Now, there will be people who have different perceptions of what high quality is, but for me, announcing the signing of Kieran Wallace as left field as it is, as Rob said, I think is a fantastic bit of business. I'll read the article quickly, but it says, Artie Puyinai are pleased to announce the signing of versatile Kieran Wallace from Mansfield. Comfortable in midfielder on the left side of defence, Wallace joins Pills on a permanent deal. He's a youth product of Forest. Wallace's first taste of senior football came with Ilkeston Town in 2014. From there, he joined Sheffield United. He made 15 league appearances and spent time on loan with Lincoln and Fleetwood. After leaving Bramall Lane, he played for Matlock and Burton Albion before joining New York City on loan in 2021 as one of John Askey's first signings. Upon leaving York, Wallace moved to Mansfield and he made 47 appearances for the Stags last season, including two appearances against Pools. And that's one of the things I really want to touch on. 47 appearances in a very high-quality team such as Mansfield, who I think played in the playoffs as well, didn't they? Um, I think they featured in the playoffs. So that alone is what makes this move even more exciting for myself. Um, Wallace added, over the moon to finally sign. There's a good group of players here who all want to achieve success. I've seen first-hand Nartlepool fans both home and away, and I'm looking forward to pulling on the blue and white stripes and playing in front of them. John Askey also commented, delighted to bring Kieran in. He's a versatile player with great determination. This is another key point here I want to make. And I think he's really good. He says, I've worked with him during my time at York. I know his strengths and he'll be an excellent asset to this team. 
the fact that he knows him, the fact that he's managed him, he's got that relationship with him already is a key thing for me. Look, we are not always going to have success going for players that ASCII has managed, but we also know in the same sentence that ASCII will only bring in those players that he's worked with, that he highly thinks highly of and highly rates. And for me, out of the three signings that we made, it's the most exciting for myself. I don't know what you thought on the deal before I touched on the next um, signing that we announced. No, again, I completely agree with you. Obviously, I think it's a really good, high-quality signing. And you've mentioned a key bit there, the fact that he played over 40 games for Mansfield last year, I think is, well, I think it tells you it all, doesn't it? Like you've said, um, excellent signing. Um, as all three are, like you say, I genuinely can't say much more other than what we've all said. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. We we did put the poll out of which of the three incomings excited you the most yesterday. And... 20% put Kieran Wallace. So I'm obviously with that 20, 20% of the 232, if you include my vote. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the next signing, which of course was Jameson, another goalkeeper, one that has worked with ASCII again, which again, I think is really important. So I'll read the article. Suppose a bolstered the goalkeeping options ahead of the new season as Pete Jameson signs on loan from Harrogate. Bolstered the goalkeeping options um, with the experienced stopper working under John Askey at York previously and he comes in to provide competition for the aforementioned Joel Dixon. After a youth career with Borough, Jameson played non-league football concert and Sunderland Riot Community Association. He signed for the club that we shall not name in 2013 before moving to Blythe Spartans and eventually York, where he played under ASCII. Jameson joined his current club, Harrogate, in May 22 and featured against Pulse four times last season. He's the second keeper to join Pulse this summer after the capture of Dixon from Wanderers. And the goalkeeper added, delight to sign for Hartlepool. I know the gaffer and Mark, um, good lad, well, having worked with them at York. I've also played against Artypool a good amount of times. Now it's a great club with great fans. The atmosphere at the Suit Direct has always been bouncing every time I've played here. I can't wait to get started. And Askey's commented, an experienced goalkeeper who has a lot of games under his belt. Probably no secret, he's one of the few that we chased for a while. And he's a great addition to work alongside Joel. We'd like to thank Harrogate for the cooperation in making this deal happen. I know I've proposed this question to you in the group chat the other day about who do you think will start? And I personally think Jameson will start. Now, Rob said, based on his experience, I'm saying part of it experience, but part of it is previous work with John Askey. Where do you see Pete fitting in with Askey's plans heading the new season? It's a tough question, and it's a t- very tough question. I think it just shows how good we've done in getting these two goalkeepers. The fact that we're sat now debating who's actually going to start. When was the last time as a, a fan base, you know, we had this debate or oh, who's going to be in goal. It, it just shows the quality that we've got in the goalkeeper department. Now, in the group chat, I did say Dixon. Um, I just thought with him being um, a previous title winner, I, I just thought, yeah, but the point being made, you know, Jameson's worked with Askey before. Will that Loyalty be there? I don't know, but it's it's going to be exciting to see how it all 
pans out. Um, I, I think, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say either way. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see how it all pans out. And I know you're going to read the final article of Poe's final signing, which I know 76% of the fans who voted were most excited by. And before you carry on to read out the article, there's a couple of comments I'll just read out here. Uh, One of them being, if Manny and Umar are up top together, that's 40-plus goals between them. And in case Umrah goes, we know Manny is more than capable, even better if the two are up front together. And just to wrap up that goalkeeper conversation that we've just had as well, we asked who is going to be the number one. And 59% of you have gone with Joel Dixon and 41% of the 260 votes have gone with Pete Jameson. It's a very roundabout way of getting to the whole conversation about Manny, but we'll let you uh, read the article and then we'll discuss, of course, our thoughts. Well, a new attacker is in the building. As I will confirm the permanent signing of Manny. I'm not going to attempt out of respect to, you know, to try and pronounce his name, so I will refer to him as Manny. <laughs> the forward scored four goals for Halifax last season and joins John Askey's side after leaving the Shea. Manny has had a very career, including spells at Sheffield Wednesday, Chesterfield, Tramia, Grimsby, and most recently Halifax. At Grimsby, he scored five goals in 13 appearances, helping the Mariners to achieve promotion from the National League via the playoffs. Last season, he scored 13 goals for the Shea as they finished 10 points off the playoffs. He rejected a new contract at Halifax to link up with John Askey's side. And he will hope to build on the goals he scored last season when he pulls on the blue and white stripes. Manny commented saying, I'm delighted to sign on the dotted line. As soon as I spoke to the gaffer and Darren, I knew where I wanted to be. I want to keep fans on the edge of their seats. I want to come here, score goals and bring success. I'm excited to get started. The gaffer said he's delighted to bring Manny in. He's a handful with great qualities and he's made an impact at every team he's been at. We're looking forward to getting him in the building and working with him. I think he's, on paper, an absolutely brilliant addition to the squad. I mean, Gav's, Gav Houlihan has commented, got yourselves a player and a great person to go with it, Paul. He's all the best big man. And it's interesting that that's got even more likes than the original post that went out announcing the striker. So he must be extremely highly thought of, um, perhaps with you know within the players and different people who are involved in the football industry that aren't at pools. So that's an even better sign for me. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the addition? I know you're quite excited when, when the deal was announced. Oh, yeah, absolutely buzzing. Obviously, his name was getting thrown around quite a bit in the days before about, you know, announced Manny, RN, announced Manny. And I saw a tweet saying, you know, he, he was potentially looking at a move to the AFL. So I thought, well, it kind of seemed as if it was not going to be. And then all of a sudden, here he is. So, no, I'm buzzing. And the point that people have made, I've said it to you, I've said it to my dad, I've said it to a few of the lads within our fan base who I talk to. I think if we can keep hold of Josh, I think that could be an absolutely deadly partnership up top. I think it's at least the Hetty goals. I mean, Yumeira scored, what, 13, 14 goals in a really poor post team last season, League Two. And that's really on his own. He had no real partner up top, but he's now got someone in Manny who 
like you've just said, leaves with everyone's best wishes at Halifax. You know, they were all quite disappointed to see him go. So to have someone like him alongside him, you know, even if they score 15 goal each, I, I don't want to get carried away. My feet are firmly on the ground, but I think we've got every reason to be excited and it could be as good a partnership as Armstrong and Oates were when we went up. So, Wow, yeah, that's, that's where, the second that's bold uh, statement of the of the episode. And that, of course, will be getting yourself a tweet, um, which I know you love because you love uh, getting your name about, don't you? <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I think it's... Well, let's, let's just say it as a whole. I think... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Especially the three that we announced last Monday have got me thinking a lot more positively. I will not be getting carried away one bit. There's still a lot of work to be done within the squad. We need to get rid of people, the likes of Brody Patson and others. But for me... I think it's a really good step in the right direction. On paper, there are three quality additions. And then you add Dixon to that. And this Burton, I'm not for one minute writing him off. I, don't, I just don't know enough about him to make a, a judgment. But on the other four, you know, they're names that have been around quite a bit. And, and I think that experience, especially of this league, we all know how crucial that is. And... <sighs> Yes, in some regards, we're giving Dixon another chance because he's needing to rebuild his confidence. And, you know, Wallace has had that ACL, as as Rob alluded to, which, you know, he'll be looking to get regular games. But he, he's played a shed load of games last season for Mansfield. So for me, in terms of the deals that we've done so far, really positive, still need more in the door. I'm sure we'll discuss this with Robbie later on when he comes on about where you think we need to strengthen. I know we're going to have a quick section following on from that about where we think we are at this point in the transfer window. But from touching on what we've just discussed, I feel a lot more positive than I did this time last week. Uh, last week. Let's uh, put it that way. So, yeah. Well, we are absolutely delighted to welcome back on to HFC chat, Robbie Stepp. Firstly, uh, we asked the same question um, when we spoke to Rob earlier on. But how have you enjoyed the break from polls after what was a difficult campaign last time out? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, first and foremost, it, it's great to be back. So thanks very much for for having me on. Um, I think, like all pools fans, we needed a break, didn't we? You know, you, you said it there. It was a it was a long campaign. It, it felt long, didn't it? Um, you know, uh, having tasted success fairly recently with that promotion season, you know, I, I remember the feeling of, of you really look forward to every game because mm-hmm. you're going into it with a sense that, you know, w- we think we can 
can beat anyone. And last season was just the opposite of that, wasn't it? Really, and it was it it was right from the word go, wasn't it? We lost four four nil to Walsall on the opening day, following what was a pretty miserable preseason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much, you know, thereafter there weren't too many good moments, um, bar a, a, a little bit of an uptick under John Askey at the end, you know, that I, I, I was there when we beat Grimsby 4-1, that was, that was fantastic. But that was probably one of only two or three times where there was a real belief and a real conviction that actually we were going to, we were going to turn it around. I'm, I'm naturally inclined to be a bit of a pessimist. Maybe that's what being a pool supporter <laughs> does to you. Um, but it was difficult, wasn't it? And, you know, as is, as is the way often, um, when the season comes to a close, you have a bit of a reset, you know, as supporters, we can, we can have a bit of a, a mental reset. And even despite the fact last season was, was so miserable and ended in relegation, I think all pools fans now are looking forward to the new season, whatever that may bring, you know, it, it, it it's, it's probably the easiest time to be optimistic a lot of the time. Um, in the off season, because 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 you're not losing, um, you know. Um, but yeah, enjoying the break. Um, pleased to see that that pools have made some moves in the transfer window. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. You know, that's definitely a, a positive. I, I think so often we leave our business far too late, far too late. So it's good that we've we've made a, a few moves and at least have the basis of a of a decent squad. Looking forward to, to getting back to it, you know, pre-season. Some people love it, some people hate it. Um, you know, I, I always quite enjoy it. It's always quite interesting to, you know, try and have a guess at, at, at what the 11 will be come August the 5th. Um, and, you know, looking forward to a new challenge in a way, obviously, in, in that we're in the National League. Um, one that, as Pools fans, you know, when we were coming into it previously, we had no idea really of what to expect, but, you know... We've lived it. We've been there now. Um, and, and we, we know all about how competitive a league it is, how difficult a league it is. And, and especially if you're wanting to compete towards the top end, um, you know, given that there's, there's one automatic promotion place. Um, I, I think we might benefit from the fact that Notts County and Wrexham have both gone up. Um, you know, given the, the size of clubs that, that they are and the squads that they had. Um, I'm expecting it to be a challenging season, but one that, that you know, rightly or wrongly, I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's fair to say last season was absolutely brutal. It was mistake after mistake. But if you had to put your finger on just one key decision that affected it all, what would it be? Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't think I would be alone in, in, in saying that throughout, throughout the campaign, um, you know, we... we we, 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 we were a poor team. Uh, and, and I think that that it started out in, in the previous preseason and, and with the appointment of, of Paul Hartley. And I, I know he gets a, a lot of stick and, you know, you, you, you don't want to, to, to be too critical. But I think that was, that was the, that was the, the thing that, that did it for me. You know, of course, he didn't end up lasting a particularly long time. I mean, what, what was it? Nine, ten games. It certainly mm. wasn't many, was it? But the problem was having appointed Paul Hartley, and as it's come out now, you know Raj saying that you know, he wasn't really aware of him at all, which you know begs serious questions <laughs> as to why he then thought that that was going to be the, the right thing to do when 
we seem to have spent six to eight weeks looking for a manager and, and, and in the end he sort of he just put one out of the dark um it, it was bizarre and I think you know the fact that that we've appointed Hartley was the number one reason why, why we went down and, and one of the reasons for that is, is the fact that he then had had um the the summer to to recruit the players and you know with the exception of, of Josh Umera, who proved to be a, a smash hit and I, without wanting to, you know, it might well have been his player, but you wonder if given that, that Umera came from, from the National League when, when Hartley obviously had been up in managing up in Scotland and a lot of the players he bought were from the Scottish leagues, you wonder whether that was Hartley's target or, or whether that was, that was someone else's target. And, you know, you, you look at the rest of the recruitment. It, it was, um, it, it was, a fairly almost to a T. The, the everywhere. Um, I, I think we we got it wrong. Um, you could you could almost tell going into going into the going into the season that we just didn't have the players that that we needed. Of course, we didn't know how successful or otherwise some of the lads coming over from from Scotland were going to be. Although you can look at historically players that come from the Scottish lower leagues to come and play in any of English football's top four divisions, it doesn't usually work out especially well but but you know I, I think Pools fans were willing to to give them the benefit of the doubt and 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 see how they got on but as as it turned out you know it, it really didn't work did it and 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 then you know having having sacked Hartley Keith Curl inherited what was what was Paul Hartley's Paul Hartley's squad up I mean I suppose the other thing you could say is potentially kept hold of Keith Curl for a little bit too long uh, because John Askey made such a positive impact um, with pools, especially, especially those first eight games or, or, or whatever that we, we went unbeaten. So I think you could argue that we kept hold of Kern a little bit too long, but the, the, the appointment of Paul Hartley and, and the subsequent recruitment, I think really was what, uh, uh did for us. And, and when you look at it from that perspective, depressingly, we, we were almost doomed before we started. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the use of the word depressingly. And I know I said to you off air, it is difficult to pin down one key decision that affected it all. But as you've rightly said, it's kind of like a chain reaction from Hartley onwards, one thing after another, after another. But enough of the talk of last season. We need to be positive and look forward to what's to come. So how do Pools achieve success next season? Well, that's the, uh, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, and, and, uh, it's in a similar vein to the, the Paul Hartley answer, you know, you, you live and die by your recruitment. At, at the end of the day, a manager is only as good as, as the squad of players that he's got. And, and so I think that recruitment has to be the number one thing. You know, what kind of budget we, we're going to have remains to be seen a little bit. You know, I, I think it, it, it's probably, it's, it seems like it's competitive enough. You know, there's always... So many rumours swirling around, aren't they? That budgets are being cut. You know, budgets are not what they're expected to be. You know, it's difficult for us to tell. Um, I think John Askey has is obviously experienced, um, especially at this kind of level. And it, and as we saw at the back end of last season, is a shrewd operator. And so, what I like is the fact that the the players that have come so far are clearly players that he knows well. You know, I, I think most of them he's worked with um which is a good thing you know um he he knows the players he, he knows how or where he thinks they might fit into into the squad and, and into the system that that he thinks he's going to play uh, so i think that the recruitment is going to be 
the number one thing, hopefully, come August the 5th. You know, obviously, with the with the National League, you, you do have a little bit more room to manoeuvre, given that you, you can sign players throughout the season, as we did very well in, in that campaign where we where we were promoted. You know, players like Richie Bennett came in at, at crucial times and, and made a big difference. So hopefully, we, we can do that again throughout the season. And, and you know, in, in terms of once things get going... There, there are no easy games. It's such a, it's such a cliche. You, you look at the, you look at the league, the composition of it. I mean, I think Chesterfield potentially going to be the outstanding side. Obviously, beaten playoff finalists, finalists uh, last season. Sam Will Grigg, um, you know, which you you would think at this level is is going to be a a really really good bit of mm. business. But the rest of the sides, you know, I think pools we can compete um, with them. But that's what we need to make sure we do. You know, so often teams come down to the National League and, and they struggle. And I don't know whether that's that's because, you know, there's maybe just a little bit less willingness to to fight and run through brick walls. And, you know, I think Pools certainly showed that when we when we came down last time. I, I don't think we won in our first six or something like that. And you obviously just cannot afford to let that happen because it, it, it does, it can have a bit of a snowball effect, you know. If you lose games, it, it breeds a lack of confidence, inevitably. So, so we've got to start well, you know, and I know that that's a, a bit of a cliche, but it, it's a well-worn cliche for a good reason. And hopefully, if, if we can recruit, you know, I think we, we still need a few more. I think most Pools fans would would like to see us bring in a little bit of pace, um, you know, potentially another attacking player, given that, that Connor Jennings is obviously not going to be signing in. And a, a commanding presence at the back as well, whether we end up playing a flat back four or whether we end up playing a three, you know, we, we do have plenty of defenders, but we need someone, I think, that, that you know, is going to really command the defence, as most teams in the National League will have. I think last last time when we were down there, up until the season we went up, I always felt like we were a little bit lightweight. You know, you, you go against, you, you go to teams to like, traditionally, your, your Solihulls and, and your Boreham Woods, they, they've got a lot of physical players. They've got, a, you know, it's it's a good league. It, the, the standard of football is is not much different to, to League Two. I think most Pools fans probably would would agree. But you've got to be physically strong. Uh, so I, I'd like to see us recruit well and you know recruit sensibly in the areas that we that we need, particularly you know maybe a little bit of pace and a and a, a big commanding centre half. Well, congratulations, Robbie. You've secured the role of director of football at uh, Port United for next season. But joking aside, you make some really good points there. And we're exactly one month to the day. At the time of recording, actually, we'll know whether we've picked up three points or not against Barnet. How are you feeling heading into another National League campaign? Well, do you know what? It's, um, you know, you asked me this question now after the week that Pools have had. And it's probably been a pretty good week, actually. Um, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic than had you asked me this question 10 days ago or, or a fortnight ago given that you know we've we've made five signings now and in the past week three signings that, that look like they're going to be pretty solid signings at this level I mean you know as, as I said earlier and as Pools fans we all know it's a difficult league and especially if you want to be challenging towards the top end it's very difficult in that there's only one automatic promotion place um, you know I'm you know what? I'm cautiously optimistic. And, and I said earlier on, I am usually inclined to be quite pessimistic. But, you know, I had, had a look at our squad before 
we did this and we're not in bad shape. You know, we need to add a few more. I think we need a little bit more strength and depth as well. Obviously, you know, the, the budget will restrict that a little bit. Hopefully we can get a couple of good loans in. I know some people say John Askey is not, as a rule, a, a huge fan of loans, which I understand, but they're massively important. Um, we've seen that, you know, when we were down in the National League last time, we, we used loans to to really good effect. You know, I, I said I mentioned Richie Bennett, you know, Lewis Cass did, did excellently as well filled a, filled a role for us um you know so i i feel more optimistic than than perhaps i was at the back end of or or, or immediately after last season finished um it's it's difficult to pick too many sides that are going to be going to be up there um with the exception perhaps of of chesterfield obviously pools and um pools and rochdale coming down it you don't quite know it, how those sides are how those sides are going to fare? It, it can be difficult to tell. At times, I've, I mean, last last time we, we came down was obviously so miserable. We stuck, the first thing we want to do is avoid a repeat of that, and I think we're in the shape where we will avoid a repeat of that. Uh, of course, in in an ideal world, we'd love to bounce right back. I think it'll be difficult to do that automatically. I wouldn't rule out playoffs. Um, and this this might sound a bit negative, but if we finished in the top ten. You know, I wouldn't be too devastated um, because it, it can be difficult when you when you drop down to this level. But but quietly optimistic, and I think the the fact that we've got John Askey at the helm it, it is probably the the number one thing that's going to work in Paul's favour. You know, I, I really rate him as a manager. I think most Paul's fans do. I think a lot of people would agree that if if he'd been given a little bit more time, he might well have been able to keep Paul's in the league and um, knows the level. You know very well. Um, I, I think made sense a lot of sensible decisions last season, and is is starting to recruit pretty well. So yeah, cautiously optimistic. You know, maybe I won't be saying that come come uh, five o'clock on the fifth of August. We'll see, but let's let's hope that we will. So in terms of our transfer dealings so far, Robbie, you've touched on it a little bit. I knew it through the door three on Tuesday. Which sign has excited you the most on paper? Oh, do you know what? I mean, I think they're all, I think they're all exciting. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got to tell you, I want to say, of, of course, the, uh, the lad up top, but I don't want to butcher his name. So I was thinking that maybe I should say someone else, but, um, you know, maybe I'll leave, maybe I'll leave one of you lads to, to pronounce it for me. But I think that, you know, had a pretty good season last season with Halifax, 13 goals, um, a presence as well. That that's one of the things that I said we needed um it is a presence up top and whether he turns out to be a an umera replacement or an umera partner you know wouldn't we love for, for him to be a, a partner for, for josh umera but i'm not entirely convinced that that's going to be the case i wouldn't at all be surprised if we lost josh umera in the next month um but i think that, that that's certainly exciting you know is he going to go and score 20 goals his record would suggest probably not but if he can go and get you know, 13 goals again. And given his, his size and his build, he can, he can bring other players in. Um, you know, a runner's arriving from midfield, a strike partner potentially, you know, I, I would like to see Joe Gray go and have a, have a good season. I, I think he was a bit underused last year and, and probably you would say he needs to play with a, with a big man, a bit of a presence if he's going to play, you know, as, as a sort of second striker. So I think that that's, that's exciting. And I, I mean, you know, I'll look at, at 
the goalkeepers as well. Obviously, Ben Kennett this week has just been announced as has gone to Barnsley. That's that's a great move for him. I know people have mixed opinions on Kennett, but I, I thought Kennett was was probably a bit unfairly maligned. He did make of quite a few mistakes um, when he was in the side last season, and his distribution was at times fairly erratic. But you look now, um, you know, I think we're probably stronger in the goalkeeping departments. Given, given the two new signings mm. than we have been for, for some time, particularly because, you know, we've got obviously some, some competition up, which is, which is nice, you know, with all due respect to Carl Leatheran last year and, and, and Pat Boys, who I think is, is, is probably a good young goalkeeper, but there wasn't really a lot of competition for, for Killett in the first half of the season, which I think probably impacted his form in a, in a negative way um, in many ways. So I think that, the, you know, we look pretty strong at the, the, in the goalkeeping department. I think we'll, we'll need one more up front. But, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I don't know if, if either of you two want to have a go at, uh, at, at pronouncing the new man's name or if you've, uh, if you've been practising beforehand. But, yeah, I think so far the recruitment is quite exciting. Well, Devo's been practicing all day and he's only just got past Manny, so we'll leave it at that. Um, I think a lot of people will just be sticking with Manny, to be fair. Oh, it's much easier, isn't it? But I think you've raised a really good point there that has been raised throughout the episode. I think our goalkeeping department is the strongest it's been, Mm. you know, since, since, well, a very long time, let's say. But final question for you, Robbie. We have discussed the fixture release earlier on. It's that time of the season when fans get excited. Who are you going to first? Who are you playing at Christmas? Who are you going to finish? Where's Poole's fancy dress going to be at? But which ones are you looking forward to most and why? I mean, with your location, I guess they may well be very different to many of the listeners. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously as the as the accent reveals, I am um, down south. So actually, you know, there's quite a few teams in and around, you know, my sort of semi-local area and, and Barnet being one of them who we, we kick off at on the opening day. And last time I was at, um, I was at Barnet, we lost 2-1. Um, it's, it's, it's not exactly a glamour tie to start the season, is it? With, with all due respect to, to, to Barnet, who I think actually surprised a lot of people with, um, how well they did last year. But I, I know that their away end holds some 1,700 supporters or something crazy like that. It's a, it's a big old stadium that they've that they've got. Um, so you know, difficult difficult game to be away on on the first day. Not necessarily the one you want, but I think that one of the ties that stands out to me is probably Chesterfield. That that's going to be interesting. We go there in within the first month, twenty um, eighth of August. We had we had a couple of a, a, a smashing wins at, at Chesterfield mm-hmm. last time. We were down there, and as I said, I think that they are for me the outstanding side at this stage. You know, it, it, I might well come back to to eat my words, but but you look at you know Paul Cook is a is a is a seasoned campaigner. Obviously, got off to a bit of an iffy start when he took over there, but last season was a was an extremely successful season for them. You know, they, they were just unfortunate that Wrexham and, and Notts County produced two of the all time great National League seasons. Otherwise, you know, you think that they would have they would have gone back up. Um, you know, you're, you're right that, that I, I do look out for the sort of Southern-based fixtures, given that it, it's a little bit less driving 
for me, but but you know they're not necessarily the ones that are, are going to stand out. You know your Eastleys and your older shots, not necessarily places that you relish going to. It's kind of one of the things you think when you go back down to the National League. You think, with all due respect to those clubs, and, and they're great clubs. You know, I always enjoy going there. You do think, oh, you you, you know you, you can have a bit of a a, a side exasperation or something, as particularly for for pools fans that that live in the northeast or or you know even even anywhere anywhere north of uh london it, it there's a lot of a lot of traveling to be had uh in in the national league so so i look at actually the 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 more local from a pool's point of view fixtures you know york and gateshead um i think will both be interesting york certainly will be very interesting given that mm-hmm. they've just uh they've just had a takeover and look to have signed a couple of 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 goods good new signings um, in in the last couple of days as well. So they could be strong. That'll be interesting. Of course, there's the, the extra element that, that it's John Askey's former club. And, you know, I know a lot of the, the York fans were very disappointed when he was let go. I think people felt that that was a, a really harsh decision. But York could be could be well-placed to, to go and have a decent season this season. So that will certainly be an interesting one. Gateshead did, uh, did brilliantly last season, didn't they, really? And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't, don't necessarily love the stadium. It's it's one of those uh, unusual ones, isn't it? With an athletics um, track around it, you have to you have to bring your your binoculars. I remember I commentated on a on a preseason friendly there, and and I'd actually lost my uh, my glasses, and I don't wear contacts. Um, so you know, I, I I know some people thought my commentary was was bad at the best of times, but I, I, on that particular occasion, when, when I couldn't see the uh, couldn't see the action, it, it probably took a a turn for the even worse. But you know, those those games are. Those games are always interesting, and and Halifax is another one as well. Um, I, I I always quite enjoy going to Halifax, although I seem to remember that that they always seem to to beat us. Hopefully, our, our new our new man up top, Manny, can uh can can come back to haunt his former club as well. That would be a uh, that would be excellent. Lots to look forward to. Um, lots of driving for for Pools fans, and that's the great thing about the supporters is we know that. That they'll do it, you know. We could be we could be playing in in Australia, and and I'm sure that there would still be a a real contingent of pools fans that that make the trip, and that's what makes the club so fantastic. And let's hope that you know, from the point of view of the of the fans, we can we could have a few more uh, afternoons to remember and a few more moments to cheer um, next season. Fingers crossed, Robbie. I mean, you wouldn't see Davo in in Australia. He uh, he'd be <laughs> complaining about the fuel money before he even paid for the ticket, but. <laughs> Um, no, it's been fantastic to have you on, Robbie. It's been brilliant and we promise not to leave it as long the next time. And we look forward to seeing you, whether that's home or away next season and having a catch up. But thank you once again for coming on to the podcast and giving us your views. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. It's been, uh, it's been great and I look forward to uh, catching up with you next season. As I've referenced already, this is an extremely important discussion point and something that Pills really have to get right this season it's also gained a lot of engagement on our twitter feed when we put a post out earlier today before recording but before we do go on to the club captain situation i know we both want to just touch on and i suppose thank nicky featherston for the past nine years he's had at the club you know he's made 380 appearances for Pools since signing in October 2014. Credit to Pools Photos for that. And only seven of those, seven players, sorry, have played more games for the club. And in that time, 
we believe, looking at stats online, that he's bagged 21 goals and also 10 assists. Now, it's very rare in football that you get someone that's so loyal to a club and someone that stays at a club for such a long period of time. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This season, I've probably been quite critical of him, you know, throughout the campaign that was. But I really, you know, going away from that, really want to place on record everything. Thanks for everything he's done at the club, especially that last National League campaign that we had. He was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? I can see, shut my eyes and I can see that ball he played over in that playoff eliminator to Reese out over the top. He just floated in, OT ran onto it and put it in. And I think, as Rob Law touched on earlier on in the episode, he's someone who certainly has left an impact off the pitch as well. He's been someone that has been, in many aspects, the glue that holds things together, I think. And I don't think that's an exaggeration unless I'm wrong, Davo, but... Perhaps you can just give us your thoughts on Nicky Featherston. I know you put out a tweet the other day and I think the fact that there has been nothing from the club just to thank him, perhaps that's because there are, unbeknown to us, some negotiations going on. But obviously with him being a free agent now, I highly doubt that we'll see him back in the famous blue and white. No, and it leaves a, a sour taste in my mouth like you've touched on it. He's been the ultimate professional. You know, he's been here for for nine seasons and give it absolutely everything for the for the cause. Um whatever's gone on if he has that, you know, it's the least he deserves, you know, to to leave and like I said on my personal account, um he is one of those players who you either liked or you didn't like it. But I think some people took it way beyond that I think it, it did get to a point where he was scapegoated. I think he was scapegoated for many seasons, but for me, he was underrated, disrespected, and undervalued. Um, I think what he did on the pitch, I think, it was often the things that you didn't see, the things that you didn't often appreciate. Um, the fact that he had longevity at this football club, the fact that he's been here for nine seasons under thirteen permanent managers, under eight caretaker managers. I think speaks volumes about Nicky Featherston. You know, he's 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 been here for a reason. You know, if he was a, a poor player, a crap player, then he wouldn't be here. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, he goes on with my best wishes. You know, to wherever that may be. And like I say, I think he's someone for me. I would have happily kept on for, at least for another year in the, in the in the national league. I think he would have suited it down to a T. And it, it's quite sad for me that. He hasn't had the the farewell that he, he rightfully deserves. Yeah, I think it's probably best that we leave it at that point because we don't know exactly what's gone on. We don't know whether some, you know, there's there's a slim chance that he may sign an extension. You know, we don't want to rule that out. And we don't want to say yes, he's definitely left. But I think it was really important that we we put that out in this episode and just said kind of how we thought with him recently. Um, having his contract expiring. But speaking of people who have been servants to the club and who clearly want to be at the club, this man bleeds blue and white and he plays at left back. And I think a lot of you will know exactly who we're on about without going any further. But we asked 
who you would like to see as club captain for the 23-24 campaign and why. Now, before we give our own personal opinions, I'm just going to read through. We've had a lot of responses to this and a lot have been give it Fergie. Now, I'll just read a few of the Fergie ones. So, Jill underscore HFC. Fergie seems a logical choice as captain, but we need more than one leader on that pitch. Communication is key across the whole team. Liam Reid, he said he's the most senior player, so it's an easy decision. Dougie at 1908 pulls. Fergie is obvious choice for me, but think Cook could fill the role. Seems very vocal on vocal on the pitch. Rachel Goff, Fergie, and she said Murray when he's not playing. And there's been a couple who've actually said uh, Ben Robbo 012 has said has mentioned Murray but a lot of them and I'll just finish with these couple here at K8 Matt Kate McCarthy Fergie for me puts 100% into every game and always shows respect to fans no matter what the score and then I'll finish on this in regards to Fergie so at Jason Court 248814 has tweeted Fergie He's experienced. He leads by example and the players like him. Captain teams in the Football League too. Obvious choice for me. Maybe Cross as vice-captain, but I'd have my doubts slightly on that. Would hope to be in some, bring in some more experienced players who could take vice-captain. And then there's a couple, you know, I've mentioned Crofts there a couple of times and some people have said Callum Cook. There's been Ewan Murray has come up a few times. And then the Northwest Corner have replied saying Wallace could be a surprise shout, but Fergie will be captain, although think he performs better without the armband. Now, personal opinion, I would agree with the Northwest Corner in terms of I do think Fergie plays better when he doesn't have the captaincy. Now, I liken this to those of you who follow England cricket and who follow cricket, Joe Root, recent well not recently but a little while ago gave up the test captaincy now it was clear that Rooty wasn't able to play his proper game with the captaincy hanging over him and I think for me Fergie's the same I think he is someone who bleeds blue and white he's someone who gives everything for the club you've seen what work he's been um, doing you know going to awards nights working the community all this type of stuff, you know how much he cares. You know how much he wants to pull on the shirt and just see success at the club. And I'm not for one minute disputing that. However, I think, although he's crucial to being the 11, I wouldn't personally have him as captain. Now, this is going to split opinion massively with what I'm about to say. However, I'm used to doing that. So... My shout for captain next season, I know exactly, Davo knows who I'm going to say here. It is Ewan Murray. And he mouthed that exactly the same time as I said Ewan Murray as well. (laughs) You couldn't write it, could you? But honestly, all joking aside, he's had experience with Kilmarnock, getting them into the Scottish Premiership as captain. He's come on leaps and bounds. Now, he had to focus on his own game there's no dispute in that however I think giving him that extra responsibility talks on the pitch you can see him you know speaking to his back line speaking to other players motivating them that is exactly what we need from a captain for me personally Ewan Murray as captain David Ferguson as vice captain because 
Fergie deserves to have that leadership role 100%. I just think when he's given the captain's armband, it slightly restricts his game. Now, there's no right or wrong. I may be wrong in my opinion. Someone may agree with me. Davo, knowing you, you'll disagree with me. But having said that, we all have a right to have an opinion. And of course, I love hearing your thoughts, mate. So you take it away on who you think should be Poole's club captain for next season. Well, exactly that. That is the beauty of football. We all differ from what we think, from what we say. It's just one of those things in life, isn't it? But back to the topic at hand, I think when I look at it logically, I think there's numerous candidates. Ewan Murray, David Ferguson, probably the two standouts when I kind of look at who we've got in the squad now. I think there's a few others who you'd probably think, yeah, you know, but I think logically... I think it's probably David Ferguson. I, I do. Obviously, like you say, in the times that Featherston didn't play last season, obviously it was Ferguson who led the team out. Obviously, someone who Askey knows. And obviously, David Ferguson's quite happy to take the responsibility when it comes to wearing the armband. But I did see the comments um, about David Ferguson playing better without the armband. And again, it's interesting it is. I do think that's right. I think the last game or two where... I believe he wasn't captain. It was almost the rebirth of David Ferguson. You know, it was the, what we essentially were used to in the playoff promotion campaign, you know, making them forward runs, showing the ambition to get forward. You know, it seemed to be a weight off his shoulders. But again, that could be us massively looking far too much into something. You and Murray, again, you've touched on it. He led Kilmarnock during their title winning uh, campaign when they got back to the Scottish Premiership, again, a legitimate candidate to take the armband. Callum Cook, an experienced professional. Kieran Wallace, obviously people have mentioned that he could be a bit of a dark horse, potentially as a candidate for it. So you could go on, go on, go on. But I think if I sit back and I look at things logically, then for me, I think it's going to be David Ferguson. Yeah, you know, I do think that is what will happen. But of course, it's it's great to be able to have these discussions and talk and weigh up the pros and cons of of who would be a good leader. But I think for me, as Jill has said, I really want to res. I really you know resonate with that point that for me, there needs to be leaders all over that pitch next season. It can't just fall on one person's shoulder. Everybody needs to have a responsibility. Everyone has a responsibility to be making sure that everyone is playing at the top of the game and there's clear communication and we know exactly what we're doing on the pitch. So to finish this episode, it's been a long one. We may or may not split it into two parts. We'll decide that when we um, when we release the episode. But if you could sum up, Davo, in one, maybe two sentences, I know that'll be hard for you, but where do you see pools at this point of the transfer window? I think we're at a good point. I know, obviously, things have been a little bit up in the air with the fan base at the moment due to the lack of activity, but I think them three signs on Tuesday, I think, for me, have just... It has given me that confidence. It has given me hope and optimism, not so much in terms of where we finish or where we'll be in the league table, but in terms of us being ready to start on August 5th. I mean, one of the biggest issues from last season was the fact that we went to Walsall away, no fine, well... We were under-equipped in certain areas. I think this time around, I think the lads are going to be fit, round to go, and I think we're going to have the necessary squad depth 
going into a new season. So I think maybe three, four, I've said it to numerous people, three, four, maybe five more quality additions. We know there's still work to do in certain areas, out wide in the midfield, potentially in the defence as well. But I think if we can see some more bodies come through in the next few weeks, during this pre-season campaign, then I think come August 5th, we'll be ready and raring to go. Nice dissertation, mate. Nice long, long response. Um, If I was to sum it up in a sentence or two, I would say progress, steady progress has been made. Still more needed. I'll leave it at that. But it's been a fantastic episode. Fantastic to be back behind the mic, innit? I know we've been speaking throughout this week, you know, talking about when we can record and the different talking points and, We've just been really eager to get back and bring you the content that you want to hear that, you know, in the off season, fortunately I like sports other than football. So I've got the cricket with the ashes. I've got the golf to occupy me, things like that. But I know some people don't like that and, and they just cannot wait to get back to the football and back to pools. Obviously I'm the same, but thankfully I have a couple of sports to distract me. So we wanted to make sure that we brought you something that would kill some time between now and the 5th of August, but this will not be our last episode. Until then, we will try and get a couple out before the beginning of the new campaign, obviously finding ourselves back in the National League. I just want to finish with this. I'm sure all of the listeners will join me in wishing you, mate, all the best for your operation that you've got upcoming in the next week. I know it's a big one, so... You know, we're all behind you with that. All of us at HFC chat, all your pals, etc., etc. Without further ado, keep the faith, back the boys, and of course, never ever say die. We will see you in the next episode. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.